Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. Today is December 8th, 2023, and this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson. I am your co-host. Obviously, I'm a New York Giants fan if this is the first time you're tuning in. Uh, rejoice, rejoice. I did it. I broke the 10-game barrier. <laughs> Last week, my picks, I won 11 games and lost two. Excellent job by me. Thank you very much. Pat myself on the back. All right. Well, you, you beat the bias. That was how many? 11 out of what? 13? 11 out of 12. Uh, 11 out of 13. I'm sorry. 11 out of 13. Yeah. Now, of course, with uh, three six by teams, that helped. <laughs> but guess what? I did it on a week, week, if that makes sense. I did it on a W-E-A-K, W-E-E-K. But I'm taking it anyway because I beat 10 wins. I mean, if you win 11 for 13, I don't care what week it is, that's 85%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the bias was 69%. Okay. So bias. Yeah. Finally. 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 Yeah, the bias didn't do too bad. Um, the the we'll talk about the bias buster, but the uh, the teams that uh, beat the bias last week were the Packers, the Rams, and the Lions. So that means you picked. The Rams over the Browns. Uh, yeah. And you know, I picked the Packers. That was that was my that was my biggest pick. I picked <laughs> the Packers over the Chiefs. Let me just mention real quick for anybody who's watching. Uh, we normally record on Wednesday. <clears throat> I've had the flu. I've been sick. Didn't get it out. Uh, if you hear any noise in the background, <clears throat> it's probably my grandson. And any noise you hear from him is good because he's been sick too. So we're looking for noise for him. So that's all good as far as I'm concerned. Um, but that means that we're recording on a Friday afternoon, Benny. Wow. And yeah. That means that we've already had the Thursday night game. So let's just jump into the presentation and we'll talk about what we said was going to happen for Thursday night versus what actually happened for Thursday night. Can't get them all right. We know that, but that's okay. We do a good percentage pretty much all the time. So that's here, all right. Here we go. Okay, Benny. So the Thursday night game Patriots at Steelers, the bias plus score of 12.1 favored the Steelers. But, of course, the bias cannot account for the Steelers starting. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Your friend and mine. <laughs> Your friend and mine. Another originator of the mind fart concept. <laughs> but at the time, we just called it Trubiskying it up. He came right out and Trubiskied it up to the point where, what's the other third string, third string back for the Steelers? 
Oh, the people, the crowd was chanting his name, right? They were chanting. Uh, Mason Rudolph. When the crowd. Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. That's Mason about as Rudolph. bad as it gets. It, it, it was so bad that even the commentator didn't want to say that they were asking for Mason Rudolph. He said, I think they're cheering for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> that I remember hearing because watching that game was a chore. Trust me. Oh, my God. And who was it? The linebacker got hurt like on the first play of the oh, game. Oh, really? Yeah. Did I miss that? Yeah. It wasn't Minka, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't like Minka. But they did have somebody that got hurt on like the first play of the game. Oh, my God. I think it yeah, I turned down. it on late. Uh, what a stinker. Yeah, it, it went down from there. But I'm sure the Patriots fans were just elated, which they should be. I mean. Which they should be. They needed a win. Bailey Zappi came out firing it deep with no hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting next week, to be quite honest with you. I I. I'm positive he will start next week. I think they're really done with Mac Jones. I'm telling you. The only way Mac Jones will get another game this season is, is if Zappy goes down. Yeah. Because I have no clue who, who else they have at the quarterback position. So I'm thinking if something was to happen to Zappy, they would probably go with Mac Jones. But I could be wrong. But uh, that's that's the way I'm seeing it. You know, I, I did an analysis of both of these teams from the games that they played the week before. Um, but I'll tell you the truth. I never decide who I'm going to pick to win the game until after I do my analysis. But since this game has already been played, I can't take credit and say, I, I would have picked the Steelers. Because to tell you the truth, I mean, I would have picked the Patriots who won. Because to tell you the truth, I probably would have picked the Steelers. But I'm not going to claim that either. I think the only way I would have picked the Steelers is had I known that Mitchell Trubisky was starting. Other than that, I, I would not have picked the you know. I, I knew he was starting, but I really I really thought that the Patriots were really at the end of their rope. And they showed signs of life last night. And they showed signs of life with Zeke Elliott starting and playing the whole game at running back and without Ramondre Stevenson which was a surprise to me, which is another reason why I probably would have taken the Steelers. But Zeke did a good job. Zeke's always been good in pass protection, but he ran the ball pretty well too, I, I believe. So uh, the bottom line is we'll scratch this one and uh, what's happening on Sunday, bro? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move on to Sunday. And let's first look at the Jaguars at the Browns. Bias plus score 5.1 favors the Jaguars. Again, we have an injury situation, which could upset uh, the uh, favorite team a bit. Um, we always, you know, there's no way to, to look forward. Because we don't even know yet whether the quarterback, whether Trevor Lawrence is actually going to play. They're still holding that out there like there's a possibility that he might just make it to this game. We shall see, but the Jaguars are favorite. Who you got? Well, first, let me just say, I watched their game last week 
And that looked like his knee was blown out. But in fact, he's got what's been called a high ankle sprain. And on top of that, they had video of him at practice moving fairly well and throwing the ball. So that's that's like a miracle in itself, considering how that injury looked. When you watch the play and they showed the replay of it in slow motion, I'm cringing because he bent all the way backward. He was basically sitting. Just imagine if you're on your knees and you sit back onto your foot with just one leg. The other leg is out. You know, I don't even want to. Well, it's a miracle. Know, first of all, high ankle sprains generally are pretty bad. They don't heal that quickly. That's the other part of it. If he was diagnosed as having a high ankle sprain, he shouldn't be out on the field hopping around and bouncing and throwing the ball. It's a miracle. It's a, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an Aaron Rodgers miracle. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just mention, there is a controversy as to whether or not he should have been taken off the field on a card. I don't know if you saw that or not. He because well, he he didn't want to be taken off the uh, on a card. That's what I was going to say. He he most likely did not want to go off on the card. He wanted to tough it out and and take the walk. And you could tell he was hurt because he was walking really slow and he couldn't put any weight on it. So it was obvious there was something wrong with that leg. But at the time that it happened, we didn't know exactly what it was. Now we find out it was the ankle. But, yeah, I, I would say it was his choice not to go out on the cart. And they respected his, his wishes. He's on, line talk, he's on the uh, line talking about, we do have carts. We do. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, were people getting on them like, what, y'all don't have a cart? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's messed up. Yeah, he he chose not to. But, um, okay, so whether he plays or not is still up in the air, but the Jaguars do have to go to Cleveland to play the Browns this weekend. So uh, after getting blown out by the Niners back in week 10, the Jaguars seem to have gotten their mojo back with consecutive wins over the Titans and the Texans, and that Texans win was a big win for them. I expected them to be on a good roll, uh, enough of a role to make the Bengals their third win in a row. That's what I believed was going to happen, truly. But instead, they found themselves in a real back-and-forth battle. Trevor Lawrence had a really great night individually, but unfortunately, he ran into Jake Browning, who was in the freaking zone and who got more help from his run game also, by the way, than Lawrence did. Um yeah. Lawrence was 22 of 20. Excuse me? Let me say. Yes. I'm sitting here listening to people say Jake Browning. I'm sitting there saying, who the hell is Jake Browning? <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm going to get to that <laughs> when, when we get to them, to Cincinnati. But anyway, he uh, Lawrence was um, 22 of 29, 259 yards, two touchdowns through the air, and he ran a touchdown in. But they basically just got outdueled in a rock'em, sock'em shootout, 34-31. So that was a tough loss for the Jaguars. Now, they have to go to Cleveland to play, play the Browns. Uh, once again, 
the Browns coaching staff showed distrust in our guy, P.J. Walker, and decided that 38-year-old signed off of his couch, Joe Flacco, would start versus the Rams. Now, I can't lie. Flacco didn't look terrible, considering he hasn't played since getting in like five games last year with the Jets. Uh, that was that was that was basically all the work he got done the previous year. So he's been on the couch basically since then. Uh, but he wasn't very accurate. That's the only thing when you look at all his stats over the, the course of the day. He was only 23 of 44, but he did throw for 254 yards. He did throw for two touchdowns. He had one interception. The Browns usually strong running game. Didn't show up for this one, leaving the onus on Flacco, who with seven minutes remaining in the game, had the Browns within one point, 20 to 19. Unfortunately, at that point, he threw his lone interception of the day, after which they got handled 36 to 19. So he got them close. Then they got overwhelmed. It was a shame. Now, since they are at home, I'm kind of leaning their way. Also, the fact that I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play kind of makes me lean toward the Browns, too. But I'll tell you the truth, man. Because I'm the only guy who's allowed to have opinion and conjecture on the show, I'm going to use my opinion and my conjecture. I really think the Jaguars are better than the Browns. I really do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick the Jaguars in this game, and I'm going to assume that there's no way they would have put Trevor Lawrence on the practice field if he didn't feel like he could go this week. So I'm going to take the Jags. My question, who backs up Trevor Lawrence? Oh, I remember now. It's C.J. Beathard. Absolutely. Former Niner. Yep. C.J. Beathard. Career backup. Career backup. He's got more um, history and, and tradition in his family than he has wins. But, uh, yeah, C.J. Beffitt is backing up Trevor Lawrence. And believe it or not, when he came into the game, he wasn't bad. He looked pretty sharp. He had good command of the offense. All right. I, okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear it because, you know, former nine, I'm a root for him. Um, but I've just seen so many times where I'm like, C.J., Oh, come on, CJ. <laughs> it's like <laughs> CJ. Come on, CJ. So, all right. So you going with the Jaguars? Going with the bias. Going with the Jaguars. Okay, okay. Here we go. Panthers at Saints. Bias plus score of fourteen favors the Saints. That makes sense to me. What about you? Ooh, yeah, I'd say that makes sense to me. Um, the Panthers are one and eleven. <laughs> the Saints, the Saints are five and seven. <laughs> so I guess that makes sense to me. Now, Saints will be at home for this one. Let's talk about Carolina. They lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week in a close one, twenty-one to eighteen, a game that they had a couple of chances to win. Uh, Bryce Young and Baker Mayfield had very similar statistics, but Young threw an interception with a little more than two minutes left to play, 
and they never saw the ball again. So Tampa Bay did him in on that. Again, turnovers. Got to shake your head. As far as the Saints are concerned, Alvin Kamara scored twice on the ground, and Taysom Hill had a rushing TV as well. But Derek Carr threw only one touchdown pass along with an interception, and he lost a fumble, and he lost to the Lions. So they put up a fight. But again, like we always say, turnovers, they, they're a disaster. Uh, Carr also got torpedoed on a pass rush and driven into the ground by D-tackle Bruce Irvin, which, of course, is illegal, and Bruce Irvin was penalized. Unfortunately, Derek Carr was splattered all over the field and could not continue, knocked him out of the game. Not only did he have a concussion, but he also sustained injuries to his back and his shoulder. Wow. Yeah, he, he, got, he got bulldozed, man. It was a bad – that hit was bad. He didn't use his helmet. He just freaking plowed into him. Anyway, uh, that happened like 10:23, left the, uh, at uh, the 10:23 mark of the fourth quarter. Jameis Winston took over, and Kamara scored his second touchdown with 7:30 left. But they were stopped on downs on their last drive, and they lost the game 33 to 28. You know, Benny, articles have been popping up lately, questioning or or saying something to the effect that the Saints are beginning to question the, the size of the contract that they gave to Derek Carr and whether he's actually worth that contract now. Yeah. You I, I liked the move. I liked the move originally when they got him. But, yeah, I got questions now, too. Well, the only question is, who are you going with? Saints or Panthers? I tell you what, I did so good last week. Here's my first big upset. I'm picking the Panthers to win this game. I'm picking the Panthers to go down to New Orleans. I doubt very seriously, although I don't know for sure, that Derek Carr is going to play in this game, which means it's going to be Bryce Young against Jameis Winston. And I think the Panthers are going to find a way to win that game. I'm going to take the Panthers. If Jameis lets Bryce come in there and show him up. Yeah, I know. And you know I love Jameis. I've always loved Jameis since Florida State. But I'm telling you, bro. I, he threw a couple balls in that game. I was like, bro, come on. And that's Jameis. That's the thing. You know it. You're going to see us pass. What you know is, what you know about Jameis is, you don't know what you're going to get. He's you know, either pin, he's either pin, get touchdowns, and you're going to get interceptions. Touchdowns. He, either point, he either throws pinpoint passes or throws it into the sixth row. You do know. So you're going to go with the upset. That's a big that's upset. Right. That's, that's potential bias plus buster upset right there. With it, it would be, wouldn't bias. it? Yeah. Holy mackerel, Andy. All right, Benny. I see you. What's that stuff you're drinking over there again? <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Walker, double black.
double black. Oh my yeah, God. Maybe I, I need to get somebody to take his flu out of me or something. Jamie, <laughs> taste the flu right away. Okay. Uh, Buccaneers at the Falcons. Five plus score three. Three favors the Buccaneers. And Benny, apparently the Falcons aren't doing a whole bunch relative to offense. But defense, hmm, interesting. I think that those guys are doing a little something. Let me see something. Opponents, points per game. What am I looking at here? Atlanta, they're in one, two, three, four, fifth place in the last three weeks, only giving up 16 points a game, only gave up eight last week. What? The Falcons defense is showing up. Maybe it's because they had, uh, what's his name, uh, parachuting or coming in off the, what you call it, what's the rapper? Oh, 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 oh Ludacris came in. Ludacris. Yeah, yeah, right. Luda, Luda dropped in on the game for him. Luda. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that take is ludicrous. <laughs> but I, I don't know what's doing it, but you're right. Atlanta's defense has been uh, – in fact, uh, I needed a defense on a couple of fantasy teams. And when I looked at the waiver wire, I saw the Falcons up at the top of the list. I'm like, what? What is it? You never see that. But there they were. There they were. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, anyway, they're going to be at home. They're six and six. This is a division game. Buccaneers are a game behind them at five and seven. Uh, so this is a must win for both teams. I believe the Falcons are holding on first place at the moment. Um, both teams are coming off of wins. Atlanta's win being a 13 to eight on the road win against the Jets. Uh, not a big deal there, I guess, but it was a win on the road. The touchdown pass that Desmond Ritter threw in the second quarter ended up being the only touchdown in the game. I, I guess we'll talk about that again when we get to the Jets. But the defense recorded three takeaways and four sacks. Mm -hmm. And the Falcons, can, yes, the Falcons do, in fact, continue to hold on to first place in the NFC South. As far as the Buccaneers are concerned, in a battle between two other NFC South opponents, the second place Bucks had to battle to a 21-18 win over the last place, Panthers. I knew there was a reason why I like the Panthers this week. They they look pretty good against Tampa Bay and almost pulled out a win. The Bucks' run game showed up in support of Baker Mayfield to the tune of 128 yards. 84 of those yards and a touchdown by Rashad White. And a 19-yard end around for a score by Chris Godwin. So... The Buccaneers did what they had to do to take out the lesser team, the Panthers, although the Panthers did play well enough to win, save for a few mistakes. Uh, that being said, the resurgence of the Falcons' defense and the fact that they're going to be at home, I'm going to go with the Falcons in this game to hold on to first place in their division and get this win. Just can't trust the Bucs. I'm sorry. All right. Well, as you can see, I have a little company here. <laughs> Yeah, it slipped in on us. Uh -huh. So you going with the Bucks? 
No, I'm going, going with the Falcons. Falcons. You like that defense? Yes, I'm going. I I believe in it. They've shown me enough to make me believe. Well, we got to go get uh, Tyson. Ooh, Evander Holyfield. No, we got to go get Tyson so we can come in and say Lucas for us. <laughs> Yeah, that's my man. That's my man. It's it's funny how the most dangerous people became the funniest people once they retired. And that's something. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, going with the Falcons, going against the bias. Yes. Bias plus a three, so it's pretty close anyway. What the heck? Texans at Jets. Bias plus score 13. 13 favors those Texans. Man. When I was telling you about the... Uh, I was looking at the different rankings, man. CJ's up there and all these different stats, man. Mm -hmm. You know? So, you going with the Texans or what? You know, I'm loving the Texans right now. But anyway, let's get this out of the way and talk about the doggone Jets. Jets lost. They're 4-8, by the way. The Jets lost to the Falcons 13-8 in a game where they were unable to score a touchdown. With the whole NFL game and didn't score a touchdown. Two field goals and a safety was the extent of their score. Now, listen to this mess. After being benched, or I'm sorry, after benching Zach Wilson earlier, they decided to go with Tim Boyle. During the Falcons game, they benched Boyle for Trevor Simeon. This week, they released Boyle. He's no longer on the team. And they signed Brett Rippin and announced that Zach Wilson was going to be the starter again. Is this not a train wreck waiting to happen? Well, it's happening We're, in front of our face. Are we in the midst of a train wreck? We're in the midst of it, yes. <laughs> yeah. We're in the middle of a train wreck that hasn't ended yet. Right. Oh, my God. One of those long, slow train wrecks, you know, oh. with with the with the long 40, 50 train, you know, thing coming along. It's just going boop -de boop just down. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, the Texans are as surprisingly successful as the Jets are surprisingly bad. Oh. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Okay. They were able to hold off the Broncos 22 to 17. In a game that was really that was a that was a pretty entertaining game to tell you the truth. Uh, current rookie of the year candidate CJ Stroud. That was the intriguing game of the week. Oh, was it? Oh, yes, it was. I did. I remember commenting. I remember commenting on the game and saying that I that I that I picked the Texans to win that game. Uh, that was one of my wins. Yes. Uh, current rookie of the year's candidate CJ Stroud was solid once again throwing for 274 yards, one touchdown, and zero turnovers. If this kid doesn't win rookie of the year, I, I can't even imagine who could probably beat him out. I would have to really think about it. Um, wide receiver Nico Collins had the best game of his career with nine catches for a whopping 191 yards and a touchdown. Almost a 200-yard receiving game. That's amazing. The defense stepped up big in this one, too. 
intercepting Russell Wilson three times. The last one by Jimmy Ward, ex-49er. Oh, that's right. The Texans are 49ers south. And he picked him off in the end zone with 16 seconds left to end the last drive by Denver, their last shot at winning the game. Hell of a way to lose, walk off, interception. I got to go with the Texans in this one. No doubt about it. Texans are a safe bet, Benny. You're not going out on any. I would say so. Any limb here at all. All right. Lions at Bears. Oh my. 7.9 <laughs> Lions. Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and since my grandson here is just completely taking over my other computer and I can't check it right now. The Lions' defense looks like it's gone back to last year. Am I correct on that? No. Last year good or last year bad? Last, last year bad, bad, right? Yeah, it kind of looks that way, to tell you the truth. That's it's kind of crazy. They are a very offense-heavy team. Their offense is extremely good, and their defense is borderline extremely bad. I don't want to call them totally extremely bad just yet, but, yeah, you're, you're right. They're not looking good at all. And this was a defense that I was expecting to really be improved this season. But, unfortunately, it doesn't look that way. Which, of course, if we look into the future, that won't bode well for them in the playoffs. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, the Bears are coming off the bye, so we don't have to worry about talking about them. I didn't even look back at their last game. They're 4-8. and eight. The Lions do have to go to Chicago, however, and play the very well-rested Bears. It's been a turbulent three weeks for the Lions, who had to come from behind to beat the Bears back in Detroit in Week 11. Then losing to the Packers at home and then having to hold off a come-from-behind effort from the Saints this past weekend in New Orleans, pulling out that game 33-28. Jared Goff and the offense came out firing. They scored 21 points in the first seven minutes of the game. Bang, just like that. They were all over. But once again, showing off how potent their offense was, the defense was a little lacking. The Saints were able to draw within 21 20, I'm sorry, within 24 21 in the third quarter. But by then, Derek Carr had been knocked out of the game and a fourth quarter touchdown. On a James, uh, Jamison Williams jet sweep for the Lions ended up being the clinching score of the game. Now, although the Saints made a run at them, the Lions' offense looked extremely efficient. And like I said, they're very offensively heavy, and uh, defense is, is what's lacking uh, on this team. Goff actually threw for two touchdown passes, and Williams and David Montgomery scored on the ground and they contributed to 142 total rushing yards. So they have a real nice offense, real balanced. Goff is looking good. The run game looks strong. Um, I have to go with the Lions in this game, even though they'll be on the road against the Bears. Uh, I, and even though the Bears are coming off the bye, they'll be rested. I think it'll probably be a little tougher game than it needs to be. But I'm I'm going to take the Lions to win this one. 
Going with the bias, going with the lion, 7.9 bias plus score. That's a touchdown, extra point, and a little something, something extra. All right, then. Rams at Ravens. Bias plus score, 12.5. Favors the Ravens. Mm. And I hear that uh, me and Lamar are empathetic here. He's homesick with some kind of an illness also right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they don't expect it to affect the game on Sunday. However, if he got what I got, it's a three, four-day issue. <laughs> it ain't over in one day. That's for darn sure. This well, is the third, fourth day for me. And uh, I'm sure they told him to stay home and not even try to come to practice or anything like that. They, they mentioned apparently this is going through the locker rooms. Oh, geez, that's a problem. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it's flu season. Uh, right. There's an A and a B because uh, the baby got the A. I guess we all got the A. I don't know which is worse, but long story short, hopefully he won't have the same kind of little shaky leg thing that I got right now where you're walking around mm -hmm. kind of feeling like you're floating a little bit. Um, oh, man, but, that's bad. Yeah, that's not, that's not good, but he should be okay. I mean, he's... He's got oh, yes. medical care available. They'll force all types of liquids into him and, and get him ready. So, um, you know, 12 and a half point uh, bias plus score, though, it's pretty strong. The Ravens over the Rams. That's pretty strong. Um, the Rams hosted, the Rams are six and six. They hosted the Browns with their highly ranked defense. And Matt Stafford went to work on them boys. So those six and six Rams ain't going to be no pushover. I don't know about that 12-point bias. Uh, Stafford. How, how healthy are the Rams, though, Benny? Because I think Puka Nakua and Cup are both hurt. Yeah, but they're just nicked. Oh, I'm really? sure they're going to both play. Yeah, yeah, they're going to play. Okay. Uh, Stafford threw for 279 yards and three touchdowns. One touchdown each to Puka, Puka Nakua. Demarcus Robinson, whose name doesn't get mentioned a lot. He used to play for the Chiefs um, and Cooper Cup. And they had no turnovers. They also had a pretty good commitment to the run with 120 rushing yards on 25 total carries. 21 of the 25 carries went to Kyron Williams. The game was close into the fourth quarter. And then the Rams ended up pulling away and getting the win. Of course, the Ravens are coming off the bye. They will be the home team. They are rested and coming off the bye. As long as everybody can get their health together and get over these colds, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. But again, this could possibly be uh, an intriguing game of the week candidate. Because the, the Rams, I tell you what, the Rams are going to try to make a run at the Niners. I don't think they expect to overtake them and win the division. But if there's an opportunity to get a wild card, the Rams are going for it. I'll take the Ravens, though, in this game. Going with the bias, going with the Ravens. And you think this is a possible intriguing game of the week, A? Yes. Okay. I think the Ravens are going to get in trouble. I mean, I think the Rams are going to give the Ravens trouble. Okay, okay. Well, we'll see. I do have something else in 
in mind, though. Okay. How about, and this ain't one of them, Colts at Bengals. <laughs> and this ain't one of them. <laughs> Last plus score of 0. 0.2. 0. 0.2 favors the Colts. That's it? 0. 0.2? 0. 0.2, yeah. I know. What can I tell you? So again, and we're at the we're at the part of the year where the playoffs, you know, wins are at a premium now because every win and every loss changes your whole uh, uh, outlook on making the playoffs. So the Colts are seven and five. The Bengals are six and six. Both teams won their games last weekend in dramatic fashion. The Colts scored on a long ball from Minshew to Alec Pierce in the first quarter, but then they fell behind 17-7 to their AFC rivals, Tennessee Titans. Before getting their footing and being able to actually battle their way back, the Titans made it tough on them. Two field goals before the half and then two more in the second half, the last of which tied the score at 25, and the game ended up going into overtime. In the overtime, the Titans scored first. They got the ball first. They scored first, but they weren't able to get a touchdown. They kicked the field goal. The field goal was good. They gave them the lead. But when you do that in overtime, then you're putting the onus on your defense to hold the other team because any score, I'm sorry, any score at that point can stop you from winning another field goal, would tie it up again, a touchdown would beat you. Minshew connected with Michael Pittman to gain the victory in the overtime. Along with their touchdowns, Pittman was unstoppable with 11 receptions for 105 yards, and Pierce, whose stats are not tremendous, he's sort of kind of like the, the third option in the passing game. But all his stuff was big plays. He only caught three balls, but those three balls went for 100 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, good job by the Colts winning a tough game against a division rival. Um, the Bengals, uh, wow, the Bengals. Okay, now we get to, here we go. <laughs> At this time, I need to send an apology to Bengals fans and to fifth-year undrafted free agent. This guy, nobody knows this guy. People call him rookie. I thought he was a rookie. He is a fifth-year player, undrafted free agent, Jake Browning. His <laughs> name I had trouble remembering when he first took over for injured Joe Burrow. So I apologize, Jake Browning. Browning was outstanding in Cincinnati's big win over AFC South leader Jacksonville, a tough opponent in a big game on Monday night. He was a sizzling 32 of 37. Really? Woo! 32 of 37, 354 yards. Now, he only threw one touchdown pass, but he did run one in, and he got two more on the ground from Joe Mixon. They took the lead 31-28 in the fourth quarter on an Evan McPherson, very good field goal kicker, by the way, 
connected on a 54-yard field goal, but the Jags tied it up with a field goal of their own with 26 seconds left in regulation, and the game went to overtime. The Jags had the ball first, but they were forced to punt, and McPherson kicked a 48-yarder for the win. And by the way, as reported by me last week, the Bengals have been extremely inept in primetime night games. And this was their first night road game win since 1990. Really? In case anybody thought I was making that stuff up about them, they haven't won a primetime game since 1990. Isn't that crazy? They were just in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Wow. That's crazy. Now, all that being said, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Do I believe in Jake Browning? Do I think he turned the corner? Or do I believe in the Colts' defense that gets a lot of turnovers and a lot of big hits? and gives nightmares to opposing quarterbacks. Hmm. Let me say this real quick. Let me just throw this in at you because – Okay, throw it in there. Throw it in. Is is pretty close. That's razor thin right there. Uh, Yes, it is. And um, as as I saw here, Cincinnati had the better of the net points. Uh, But Indianapolis had the better of the turnover differential. Yes. And that's what brought that margin down like that. So it was really that turnover differential that squeezed that thing down. So. And you remember me telling you, that's why the Colts were big time in fantasy, because they get turnovers. They might not always win, and they might let the other team score a lot of points, but they do get turnovers. Ah, boy, this is a tough one. Hmm. Jake Browning versus Mincew. <laughs> no, no. And Benny, I'm going to throw this out there. We don't have to get into it right now. No, throw it, throw. Question about the need for backup quarterbacks and the value of backup quarterbacks is being raised across the board. Not just from me anymore. I'm reading it in the med- in the media now. This has been a season to remember as far as quarterbacks going down. I'm sure we've had them in the past, but I can't remember one being this bad. Well, I, again, this, I think part of it is just the fact that it's a, the longest season that NFL has ever had in place. You know? Yeah, but it was a shorter, but it was a shorter preseason. Yeah, but nobody plays in the preseason anyway. So you know, 17 games, it's one thing to get through 12 games. It's another thing to get through 14 or 16, 17. <laughs> you wind up looking like David Carr after about the 15th game. <laughs> Believe me, that's, nobody wants to get hit like he got hit last week. Oh, my. Poor thing. But, uh, but the bottom line is, you're right. The bottom line is the importance of a competent backup quarterback has been magnified tremendously this year. And everybody's taking notice. Everybody's taking notice, as they should. Um, Wow. You know what? 
in games like this, I kind of lean toward the home team. I also am still kind of in, in, in awe of what Jake Browning did. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. I'm going to go against the bias, and I'm going to pick the Bengals to win this game. And I like the Colts. I really do. All right, going against the bias, going with the home team, going with the Bengals. Vikings at Raiders. Bias plus score 5.9 favors the Vikings. Ay, 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 ay. Uh, are they coming off the bye? Yes. Yo, guess what? Both teams are coming off the bye. Okay. Vikings six and six. Raiders five and seven. Ugh. All right. It's that Vikings defense, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, the Vikings defense has played very well this year, especially compared to the way they were last year. No doubt about it. Over, think, over the last three weeks, Minnesota's defense, one, two, three, four, five, six, is seven. They're only allowing mm-hmm. 17.3 points per game. Okay. So, defense rules the day in Minnesota. Where's Ron, uh, Ron Diggs at? And we got to be <laughs> So, so I real quick went back to week 12. The Raiders lost to the Chiefs 31-17. The Vikings lost to the Bears 12-10 in a game that Joshua Dobbs is probably still having nightmares about. Uh, if I remember correctly, he had like three or four turnovers personally in that game. Okay. Uh I'm I'm sure Josh Dobbs is feeling some kind of way about his last performance. He's been <laughs> he just by. Yeah, he's, they've been on the bye. He's had a chance to ramp up his knowledge of the playbook. And uh, I believe that the Vikings will go into Las Vegas and defeat the Raiders. Yes, I'm taking the Vikings. All right. Makes sense. Going with the bias. Going with the Vikings. Seahawks at 49ers. Bias plus score of 19. Favors the 49ers. 19? <laughs> After that spanking we put on the uh, we put on the Eagles, that was a pretty big uh, differential right there. And, you know, we've been rolling with differentials all year. So, Seahawks. That, that's true. However. However what? Seahawks defense stinks. Oh, he said they stink. Oh, he used the stink word. Okay, all right, all right. Hold up, hold up. Time out, time out. Right. Seahawks is six and six. This is a division battle. That's true. And if I remember correctly, I just recently said the Rams were also six and six. So it's not like these guys ain't got nothing to play for. And you know, and, I always say division games are weird anyway. So I'm just that's true. That's fun. true. But, NFC West, NFC West is not a cakewalk. There's some battles in there. Yeah. Now, let me just say this. The Seahawks rolled into AT&T Stadium last week to play the Cowboys, and they came in there with their guns blazing. Geno Smith threw two touchdown passes to DK Metcalf, and they got another score from Zach Charbonnet, who we've been talking about taking over for Kenny Walker. They took a 21-20 lead into the half. 
Then they go on a 10-play drive to another score, which was a run by Geno. That opened up the second half. They took a 28-20 lead over the Dallas Cowboys in AT&T Stadium. That sounds like a team that could be dangerous. I didn't the say they could score. Right, right, that's true. You didn't say that. <laughs> Again, like last year, the Lions, the Seahawks were two of the teams with what we call a large ranking differential. That is High correct. Offense, low defense. <laughs> that is correct. Highly ranked offense, lowly ranked defense. As a matter so of fact, now, before the year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventh from the bottom, averaging allowing 24.3 points per game uh, in the next three weeks, allowing 25 points per game. Yeah. Mm. So the Cowboys did fight back. But Geno tossed one more touchdown pass to DK Metcalf before the Cowboys defense finally put the clamps on them. And they ended up going down 41 to 35. So they obviously can be explosive, but stopping the other team ain't looking real good for the Seahawks defense. Uh, I would have to look back to refresh my memory, but probably this was probably the best Thursday night game we've had so far this season. That was a Thursday night game, and that was a that was a back and forth battle, man. That was a big time battle. So. As good as they looked offensively and as bad as they looked defensively, I don't know what to say. They're going into uh, – where do y'all play? Santa Clara? Levi Stadium. Levi Stadium. I think it's in Santa Clara, California. I know it's not in San Fran. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, Niners versus Eagles, I believe, was the most anticipated game of the season so far. As far as we were concerned, the public is concerned. Obviously, we live in Philadelphia, so we heard a whole lot about it. Um, the talking heads on television, same thing. It was the rematch of the 2022 NFC Championship game. Seems like it just happened yesterday. Uh, the Eagles won that game. They knocked Brock Purdy out of the game with an injury along the way. As this game approached, we were hearing in Philadelphia a lot about the Niners crying about the fact that they thought they would have won the game if Purdy hadn't gotten hurt. Me personally, I heard more about them talking about it from Eagles fans than I actually heard Niners fans actually talking about it. But that's just me. No, that's what happened. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. I expected you to, to feel the same way. I, I, I got into it on Facebook with somebody about it, and they started trying to defend themselves, but that's another story. Um, Debo Samuel called James Bradbury trash. That wasn't no over-the-season crying, off-season crying. That was current. <laughs> that was current. That's fresh bulletin board material, but enough of the talk about talk. We all know that's cheap. Talk is cheap. He actually He actually said, "I was just it's just a game. Don't take it seriously. Don't take it personally. 
I was just having some fun. That's what Debo came out and said after the game. After the game. So what that tells me is he was trying to be nice and soften the blow. He believed <laughs> James Bradbury is trash. He thinks Slay is trash too, but he didn't mention his name, but he tried to be nice at the end. That's what that means to me, but that's another story. We all know talk is cheap. San Fran started really, really slow in this game. I was a little worried personally watching the beginning of this game. They went three and out on their first two possessions. They didn't just punt on their first two possessions. They went three and out on their first two possessions. Then they opened the second quarter with a seven-minute, 14-play drive that ended with a touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk. They never punted again. <laughs> Their offense was a thing of beauty, totally balanced. 27 pass attempts by Purdy, 28 rushing attempts. Purdy completed 19 passes for 314 yards and four touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey caught three passes for 40 yards, and he rushed 17 times for 93 yards and another touchdown. They went on to score two touchdowns in the second quarter, two touchdowns in the third quarter, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Six possessions, six touchdowns, and a 42-19 to win. Oh, yeah. The defense recorded three sacks. They hit Jalen Hurts nine times, sent him to the locker room briefly in the fourth quarter to get checked out, probably for a concussion, and they defensed a whopping 11 passes. Okay, so you got the Eagles defense. I'm sorry. You got the Eagles secondary. Right here. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. Let me make sure. You got the Eagles secondary right here. And you got the Niners secondary right here. <laughs> okay? For all you Eagle fans that are looking forward to seeing them again, remember that. Mm. You okay. know, Benny? Uh, I'm going to pick the Niners in this game. Okay. All right. Um. I went to that game. Yes, you were there. I was How'd there. you enjoy the box, bro? We'll talk about all of that. Oh. I was actually sitting next to a young man, a young a young man and a young lady from mm -hmm. um, San Fran. Who, okay. And they were there with their full Niners stuff on and everything. Right, right. And he was like, he's like, yeah, man. He said, we got season tickets. He said, my dad had season tickets. I've been going to Niner games since I was a kid. He had Damn. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, can I take you home? <laughs> <laughs> I've never met anybody. <laughs> That's a true diehard. Oh, my God. You know, Candlestick Stadium. He was there for those games. Damn. Oh, my goodness. That's nice. That's nice. It was. It was. But let me say this much, and this is a, a side commentary. I'm not going to any more games. <laughs> you can forget that. <laughs> you can forget that. A little Look, too public for you, huh? Well, first of all, $45 to park in the park. Okay. <sighs> then... I'm walking through the stadium to get to, you know, this, walking through the parking lot to get to the stadium. 
and we're looking around. There's trash everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Bags. Yeah. Apparently, people who go to the game know that the cost of stuff in the stadium is a complete ripoff. Exactly. So they get as drunk as they can get before right. the game. And eat as much as they can eat. And eat as much as they can eat. That's why there's all of that trash and everything left there. I looked, I went, I was gonna get, I forget what it was. I think they wanted eight dollars for one can of beers, something like that. It was like it was bananas. I couldn't believe it. Um, but I guess the fun of it was watching how early they all left the game. The Boo Birds came out. First of all, I got to Boo Birds firsthand. Wow. That that's an experience I can claim. And um it was pretty cool. I mean, they were cool. You know, nobody was messing with any of the Niner fans or anything. Now, one person on my social media posted, they said, we might have lost the game, but we're winning every fight in the parking lot. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. wrong. First of all, I'm shaking my head because, you know, who says that kind of ignorant stuff? But this was my response. The only people they were fighting in the parking lot were each other. Trust me, I saw some video from the parking lot. Did they you? didn't fight nobody. <laughs> if there was a, if there was a real fight out there, nobody recorded it. Nobody recorded it. And I, I just saw them going back and forth, but it was just one Eagle fan against another Eagle fan. Yeah, they're throwing beer on each other and dumb stuff. So that's you know, and 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 you know. Again, I'm not one for being out in the weather at all. The whole box seat thing was a little bit different than what we expected. But long story short, I was very happy with the with the results. Uh, uh -huh. We were a little worried, like you said in the beginning, especially because it was like he kept um, they came out was throwing balls. They went running the ball right off the bat. But from what I understand, I think Shanahan was kind of testing out this, testing to see what they do for this and what they do for that. So yeah. he was kind of just gathering some information yeah. for what he wanted to do. And boom. So that's that's exactly the way I looked at it after the game was, you know, it, when the game was just about over and once it was over and I went back and thought about it. I believe that they knew they could throw the ball on. So they were they were they were like throwing out little test stuff seeing where the real weaknesses were. I'm sorry. I believe they knew they could run the ball on it. Right, right. They, so they wanted to do some little test stuff for the passing game. And once they saw what they needed to see, then they came with the real game plan. The last thing I'll say is this. The world is going to have to come to grips with the fact that Purdy has, like, the best stats out there. <laughs> they don't want yeah. to I, – I keep watching these shows where, like, uh, what's the one guy where he puts the quarterbacks on some mountain of, you know, and Purdy's oh, the tears. Yeah, first things first. First things first. Purdy's always down on the lower mid-level stuff like that. Yeah. He's got the best stats in the NFL. Yeah. And last thing I'll say, Purdy don't shiver, Purdy don't shake. I was wondering how he was going to be coming back into the stadium after what happened. Didn't bother him one bit. I don't think you can get much cooler than Purdy when it comes to a game. So I'm really, really feeling that he's really the man. You know, he is the man. He might not look it. He might not have that statuesque physical 
imposing appearance, but he gets the job done within that offense. And that's all he can ask for. And that's why I think on that same show, first thing first, my man Broussard kind of tried to keep a little bit of a lid on it. But he's like, I don't want to compare Purdy to Joe Montana, but. But. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I don't want to get carried away. But. <laughs> but. Yeah, Purdy's amazing. He is amazing. Yes, he is. So All right. See, go with the Niners. Here we go. Broncos at Chargers. Bias plus score of 4.3 favors the Chargers. Chargers are they're favored every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what are they? Six and six or something? Bro, they're five and seven. The hell is going on here? I can't believe this. Okay. How does Brandon Staley still have a job with the LA Chargers? Mm. They played an NFL football game against the New England Patriots, and no touchdowns were scored by either team. Y'all killing me right now. Defensively, the Chargers defense was actually pretty good. Um, they were pretty much on point for most of the game. They recorded five sacks. Of course, we're going. We're talking about playing the Patriots here, so it's not that big a deal. But they had five sacks, six quarterback hits, eight tackles for loss. I believe that was the game that Ramondre Stevenson got hurt in. Um, however, they could only drum up 240 yards of total offense. That's total offense. Some quarterbacks throw 241 yards just through the air in the first half. Okay. They had 241 total offense for this game. Uh, only 29 yards on the ground. That's pathetic. And this was against a beat-up Patriots defense that couldn't register not one sack and only touched Justin Herbert twice. And these bums couldn't score. I'm sorry. I shouldn't call them bums. They couldn't score a touchdown. So anyway, they'll be home. They'll be playing the Broncos. Denver's win streak has now come to an end. Courtesy of, yeah, you know it, the Houston Texans. And they're much, much, much improved defense. They ran the ball 30 times, but Russell Wilson was only able to complete 15 to 26 passes. He had one touchdown, and he threw, oh, geez, three interceptions. The last one was the one that went into the end zone. They got picked off by Jimmy Ward with nine seconds left in the game. They lost to the Texans. I'm going to tell you right now, I hate Brandon Staley. I'm mad because this guy is doing a horrible job and they won't fire him. I'm pissed. I just saw a thing about Lovey Smith getting fired from the Bears some years ago. With a winning record. Yeah. Yeah. And this dude's five and seven. Something ain't right. I'm picking the Broncos to go in there and get the job done and get this guy fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben's picking with malice now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I can't. This guy, he really gets on my nerves. I don't even like the way he looks. Oh, my goodness. 
I know he just he does have a look about him, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Going with the Broncos, going against the bias. <sighs> Bills at Chiefs. Ding ding ding. Bills got the, the bias of the week. The oh, this is it. The bias. This is the intriguing the game. Score. This is it right here. Okay. This is it. Okay. So much being spoken about. Um, the Bills. Josh, is he good? Is he bad? Do we like him? Do we not like him? Do we blame him? Do we not blame him? Is he? Is he? <laughs> Is he the reason why they're not getting it done? It's watching. It's amazing how much attention he's getting right now. Um, and even listening to him, you know, this is what I, it's really funny. Listening to these quarterbacks when they're losing and they're being interviewed, you know, yeah. as they get philo philosophical and they begin to oh. talk about, you know, what needs to happen to win. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Y'all like, haven't really figured that out, so I hate I hate talking, but it's all theory. <laughs> yeah, right. It's crazy, man. Uh, oh boy, these guys. I but again, you. the Chiefs are like the Eagles. Okay, they were winning, but not winning by much. You know, their their win margin was pretty small. They were down, I believe, like seventh, like the Eagles, seventh, eighth. You know, yeah. um, in terms of win margin. So, you know, you come in with the Bills who, you know, win margin at least, they're looking a little bit better. And so that's how they wound up being favored. But you got Josh against Pat Mahomes. You got, you know, people coming out now. Uh, who is it? Um, uh, Swift, Taylor Swift says she's, she says she's discovering stuff she's never seen before. This is all new to her. It's like a whole new world of football. So. Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. It's. Yeah, she will start singing that song. It's a whole new world soon. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. But the Bills oh, are by a bias plus of 5.2. And uh, it was something else that people were saying, talking about the Chiefs. Oh, I know what it was. They're questioning whether Mahomes feels comfortable behind that line now. Uh-oh. Saying he's... Remember, you know, it reminded me of the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. Remember, we had that graphic yeah. where Mahomes was running here. They All the to, running around he had to do, yeah. Right. And then and then Tom Brady was like, boom. He didn't, <laughs> on the spot, he had nothing that he was moving in any direction. So it kind of reminded me of that. They're saying he's kind of moving out of that pocket a little early, you know, uh, feeling a little insecure back there, so. We shall see what's going on, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been hearing lately. So, bias plus is going with the Bills. Who you got? So the Bills are coming off the bye. Their last game was back week twelve, when they lost to the Eagles thirty-seven thirty-four in overtime, in a game they should have won, but there was a mix-up between Josh Allen and the receiver Gabe Davis. So the Bills are six and six. That game, as far as I'm concerned, they should have won. And there had to be at least one other game they should have won, which would have put them at 8-4, and four, which is the identical record of the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs visited Lambeau Field, and they got ambushed by the Packers. I'm going to make sure I remind everybody 
Yes, I did call this upset. They did accumulate 148 yards and one touchdown rushing, but the uh, but they continue to struggle in the passing game. No doubt about it, their wide receiver core is flat out weak. Travis Kelsey led all Kansas City receivers with only 81 yards. I shouldn't say only. 81 yards. He did that on four receptions. The guy with the second most receiving yards was Rashi Rice, the rookie. He needed eight receptions to get 64 yards. So let me say that again. Kelsey had four receptions for 81 yards. The next best guy had eight receptions for 64 yards. They got to do better than that, Brown. They got to do better than that. Defensively, they weren't much better. That defense that started off the season so strong is starting to feel the pressure of not getting um, the, the, the kind of support that they were getting from their offense all along. Their pass rush only generated two sacks and four quarterback hits. That's way low for them. Two of the quarterback hits came from their star defensive lineman, Chris Jones, who besides getting his hands on Jordan Love those two times, didn't register a single tackle for the rest of the day. Chiefs are in trouble, bro. Bills go into Kansas City and get the win. Bills going with the bills. bills. Going with the bills. Going with the bias. I'll be writing this up as the intriguing game of the week here. Okay. I'm taking the bills. Taking the bills. Well, this is the it seems like when the Eagles are in the game, it's a big game. And at the very least, it's a big game. Eagles going into Dallas with the bias plus score 14.2. Favorites the Cowboys. And rightfully so. You know what I said to somebody? I said, <laughs> we've been talking about how the Cowboys have been playing, like, you know, um, losing squads or, you know, teams with losing records and beating up on losing squads. I said, but, you know, and I get this from Madden. After a while, it becomes almost like practice where you, you're you know, getting a chance to run your plays and they're being yeah. run successfully. At a certain point, you get good at those plays now because you run them over right. and over successfully. Right. And I, I think agree. that's probably the biggest thing that the Eagles are going to have to worry about, that these guys are actually almost on a precision level now where they they kind of really know their stuff now, you know? Right. You're not going to be able to go in there, Eagles, and be guessing and trying this or trying that, and hopefully this works. And Let's get our run game going. What the heck, you know? They got people mm -hmm. outside the stadium with run the ball signs and stuff like that. <laughs> and Jalen, I don't think he wants to run the ball. People are questioning. They're like, now that you got the big contract, you know, you don't want to run the ball anymore, you know, stuff like that. But I don't think he's been 100% healthy. And this is the last thing. I don't week. think so either. That yeah. knee brace never came off. Never and came I was off. waiting. Every time I watched video of him not only in the games but sometimes they show them at practice i look to see if the knee brace is still on and it hasn't come off and usually when football players i know he's a quarterback but usually when football players have an issue with their knee not necessarily an injury 
okay? But maybe they got hurt and they have an issue with a knee where they feel like they need to wear a brace. When they feel better, they take the brace off. And that brace has been on all season, which tells me that he still has an issue with the knee, either mentally, physically, or both. So that's just how I look at it. Um, Let me also say real quick, I keep hearing the commentators talk about that's why they're not running the run pass option like they, you know, like they used to. Well, right, because they don't even want to put him in a position well, to have to make the choice. The run pass option when it was being oh the run pass option oh yeah. that's different that's that's different than than the run option right usually though on the run pass option he does have that third option of running himself as opposed right. to handing it off or throwing it right but the handing it off and the throwing it is still available yes so there's no reason why they can't run the run pass option you know no. and just not you know have him run you know so. Right. Uh, the Eagles, again, small margins of, of victory. Cowboys, large margins of victory. Maybe questionable because of the teams that they were, you know, putting those numbers up against. But at this point in the season, they kind of know who they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you the truth, and this is just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Everybody kind of knows, like, what you said as far as, how the Eagles are, are are looking, how he's feeling, and the, the issue with the RPO, whether to do it, whether they shouldn't, whether he wants to run, whether he does. Why don't they just suck it up, put him under center, and run the ball? Oh, what a concept. Okay. Right, because you keep sitting back there trying to give the illusion, and it's not like he hasn't run. He has run. He won a game with them. So he can do it. But to carry them through a game with that being part of the game, that's kind of fading. He he don't he don't want to do it, man. He doesn't want to do it. And that was such a big part of their offense last year. You know, everybody's screaming about the offensive coordinator. But he can only do so much if something that fans are used to seeing happen last year just ain't going to happen this year. It's just not going to happen. I think the Until, other thing confuses people when they say the Eagles had great rushing statistics is how much of that rushing statistic was Jalen. So if exactly. you take him out of the numbers, then exactly. they have the great rushing statistics? Exactly. Hmm. So you got Swift, you got Gamewell, you got Scott, Okay. If you got such a great run game, put him under center and hand the ball off or pitch it out and let these boys earn their money. They're even if questioning the Eagles line now. Are they getting a little old? That's another thing. They're even questioning that. I mean, what you're saying makes sense. If you got the number one line out there, you put them, you know, put them under center. Let if it you have the number one line, bro, if you go to any NFL locker room right now, any CFL locker room right now, any USFL locker room right now, any high school public league locker room right now, and gather the offensive linemen together and ask them, would you rather run block or pass block? Mm -hmm. I guarantee they say run block. 
No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So I right. tried to make that I tried to make that point to friend of the show. Uh oh. Our man. <laughs> yeah, our man Mark Russell, but he you know, he wasn't trying to hear that. But anyway, uh I'm surprised. I mean, Mark, I think he played a little bit of running back. So you'd have thought he You would you would have thought he yeah, he would agree, but you know, once sometimes when you're talking to people that are fans of a particular team, they kind of get on the they're only hearing part of what you say. They don't hear everything you say. You know, they're not really trying to hear it. <laughs> that's that's it. They're not trying yeah, it's, to it's, it. Yeah, it's one of those things. So, okay. Cowboys are at home. Yeah. So uh, the Eagles won the first game against the Cowboys up here in Philly, right? Yes, they did. Okay. So the next step in the Eagles so-called by the media gauntlet, I know you've heard that, um, takes place this weekend against bitter rival Dallas. This coming off of a really bad 42-19 loss to the San Francisco 49ers last weekend. They looked like they were on to something early. At least defensively they did, registering two three and outs against the, uh, the Niners. Um, they held them to two, uh, but, but, but their two offensive drives ended in field goals instead of touchdowns. Now, early on, people were probably like, ah, you know, kick the field, we're up 6 nothing, no big deal. But after that, defensively, the wheels fell off. Over the course of the game, they only had two sacks on Purdy, four quarterback hits, which is basically nothing. Every, every quarterback knows he's going to get hit after he lets the ball go every once in a while. They only had three tackles for loss, and wait, I can hear it in the background. Bradbury stinks. <laughs> one, one pass defensed the entire game. The Niners' offensive uh, success also dictated that Philly had to throw the ball 45 times, and they only ran it 18 times. Now, a lot of times, you know, I'll come on here and I'll say they should have ran the ball more. The score was close enough for them to try to show some dedication to the run game. Not this game. I don't blame them for not running the game. This game got away from them. Niners was lighting them up, and they had to try to come back, and Hurts ended up throwing the ball 45 times, and they freaking lost. Now, Dallas, on the other hand, was riding two streaks when they welcomed the Seahawks to town last weekend. They had 13 consecutive home victories dating back to last season, and they had five 20-point or more wins at home since the start of the season. That's pretty dominant, both of those statistics. They extended the former, but they lost the latter in a dogfight uh, uh, of a win against the Seahawks, 41 to 35. Dak was 29 of 41 for 299 yards. He threw three touchdown passes. He had zero turnovers. And I always make it a point when the team has no turnovers, to let you know that they had no turnovers because you know how we feel about turnovers one way or the other. Trailing 35-30 to 30 at the 7.04 mark in the fourth quarter, the defense stopped the Seahawks on downs, and then Dak took the ball back, drove the team from their own 46 
and threw a touchdown pass to rookie tight end Jake Ferguson and converted the two-point conversion to go up 38-35. Then they stopped the Seahawks on downs twice. Then they stopped the Seahawks on downs twice with a field goal in between. That's how they ended up winning the game, 38-35. So, Cowboys at home, Cowboys with dominant wins, Cowboys looking good against a team that really balled out and gave them a lot of work. 10 and 2 Eagles, 9 and 3 Cowboys, NFC East on the line. I'm picking the Cowboys. Going with the Cowboys. And you know what's interesting, Benny, here? If the Cowboys beat the Eagles, the Eagles will be 10 and 3. The Cowboys and the Cowboys will be ten and three. If the and Lions win, they'll be ten and three. If the Lions win, they'll be ten and three. Mm-hmm. The playoff picture becomes completely wacky. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I had my Giants hat on. Not this one. I had my blue one on. I was on the bus going downtown. And a woman tried to crack on me. Oh, really? And I was like, yo, you know, if your team loses this week, you could possibly drop from the one seed to the five seed. And she went, huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's a lot of road games through the playoffs. Man, looky, looky, looky. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And uh, defense travels, and that's what the Eagles aren't great at. And that's what I was trying to point out to people. The Eagles' defense was ranked pretty low. You know, going the, crazy, to- the crazy thing is their weakness, which we I, I know I called that, and I think you agreed. Earlier in the season, their weakness was the secondary. But lately, they've been getting run on, too. Yeah, that's why they went out and got themselves a new linebacker. Right. Well, I tell you what, I don't I know he's a good edge rusher, and I know he's pretty good against the run, but I don't know if he can cover tight ends. Tight ends have been ripping them to shreds. And this rookie boy Ferguson ain't no joke. Lastly, I'll say it was interesting again being at the game when when <clears throat> The Niners went up. There was such a relaxed feeling amongst Eagle fans because they come back all the time for being down. Right. <laughs> it was a relaxed feeling. Ah, we'll come back. They'll come back. And then as the scores started to mount, they was like, oh, my goodness. All right, let's go. We thought we were leaving early, but we were behind the crowd. <laughs> the crowd was way ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they was getting out of there, wasn't they? They were out of there, man. I got video, man. The, the stairs, you can just see the people heading down. The like, hey, where so, you going? Oh, man. That was my question. The game's not over yet. Where y'all going? <laughs> but anyway, great. I'm not I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be that guy just beat up on those guys, man. They're they're a really good team. Uh I expect oh, this no doubt. Team. And 
I do expect the Cowboys to pull out this game, though, like the bias says. But uh, the Eagles going to have to get that act together, man. I'm telling you, if they think that they're going to be there, you know. So I, I, I'm going to say this for the record, and I said it to a couple Eagle fans during the week. Y'all can win this game. I don't think you will. I believe they will give the Cowboys a heck of a game. I think this is going to be a great game. Unlike how the Niners handled them. I think they're going to give the Cowboys a lot of trouble, but I think the Cowboys are going to win. If the Cowboys handle them anywhere near like what the Niners did to them, I'm letting loose on these Eagle fans. I'm letting loose. I've been, I've been, I've been holding back. I've been holding. This better be a game. If they win, no problem. I got you. Do I think they can win? I think they can win, but I don't think they will. If they get handled, I'm letting them have it. Well, you know, I said earlier. Teams that can make you play 11-on-11 11 11 football have a decided advantage. And teams like with the Eagles, with this brotherly shove, it adds a little something to that advantage. But if Jalen's not feeling up to making an 11-on-11 11 11 game, that's a whole new ball game now. We're talking pocket right. passing, running the ball, conventional football, uh, I don't know if they can beat the Cowboys in the conventional game. So. And if the brotherly shove is going to be a factor, you have to put yourself in position to make it a factor. Okay? If if you're second and long, second and long usually turns into third and at least long or medium. That's not brotherly shove territory. You have to be successful on first and second down to put yourself in a position to be able to do the brotherly show. Yeah. If you're third and four or third and five, third more than that, you can't do it. Well, Benny, I'm going to slightly disagree with you. And okay. See, if at third and say four, they come out, do a brotherly shove, get two, and do another brotherly shove to get the next two. I don't think they got the cojones to do that. <laughs> I don't. Oh, he's questioning cojones now. I don't know. Questioning that, that, might, that might be the thing to do, man. Let me tell you. It might be. What works. <laughs> it might be. But I don't think they have the cojones to do it. I really don't. Can you brotherly shove your way all the way down? <laughs> hey, if you can get the third and four, third and five every series, why not? Why not? So we shall see. This could be a... This could be a uh, an event, the brotherly shove event. We shall see. Okay, that's enough <laughs> of the dumb guys, man. And that's yeah. Benny. I believe that's the Sunday night game. Okay, everybody's no, everybody's no, no, no. going to be focused on this one. That's that's a four o'clock game. Is it a four o'clock game? The Eagles Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the four. Okay, I thought that was a. You sure they didn't flex that thing or something like that? I'm looking at uh, if, if they did, I wasn't aware of it. It looks to me. Oh, uh, yeah, Benny. According Dolphin to the NFL schedule on their website, Eagles at Cowboys, 8.20 p.m. Oh, they did flex it. So they moved the Titans-Dolphins? Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. That's cool. No, I got no problem with that. Sunday night, baby. That deserves to be the standalone game. I love it. It does. It does. It does. And strangely enough, I see two games on Monday night. Yes. Packers at Giants. Right. Is the other one Titans Dolphins? Yep. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm good now. We got doubleheader on Monday night. Biosco score 11.2 favors the Packers. Mm -hmm. uh, over your G-Man. Uh, Man, your boy Love is starting to look like a winner. I tell you, you know, I had a thing with, with, with this Jordan Love thing. Are you sure? And I know, I, I think I said um, sometime during this season, because I, I said some, some very negative things about Jordan Love last season. I really did not believe in this guy at all. I thought he was going to be a bust. And then after seeing him in the preseason and early on in the season, I had to recant that statement. I had to say that I'm I'm willing to give this guy another chance to prove that he can be a real NFL quarterback and win games for the Green Bay Packers. Well, sir, <laughs> I call for the upset in this game. I like what I've seen from Jordan Love. And they went to Kansas City. I'm sorry, Kansas City had to come to them. It was, it was, uh, they made a big deal about Mahomes' first chance to play at Lambeau. Um, but I call for the subset of the Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Packers. Jordan Love was far more impressive than even I thought he would be. He moved the offense like a seasoned veteran. He did not look like a first-year starter. He threw touchdown passes to tight end Brent's Ben Sims, who's basically like a second, third tight end on his team. And he threw a touchdown pass to wide receiver Christian Watson. And he took a 14-6 lead into halftime against the Chiefs. Another scoring pass to Watson in the third quarter made it 21-12. And when Kansas City got within one at 24-19, uh, cornerback Keyshawn Nixon intercepted Mahomes just outside the end zone. And the defense, with some help from a field goal, was able to hold on for the win, 27-19. to It was a very, very impressive win by the Packers. Um, uh, by the way, the Giants are coming off the bye. I already picked my stick the neck out uh, upset already. So I'm not going to go for two. I was thinking I might want to take the Giants at home in this game, thinking that Love couldn't put together another good game like that on the road uh, in, in a consecutive weekend. Um, you know what? What the hell, man? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, do it. Tommy DeVito made his own bed this week. <laughs> he told his mom, Mom, don't make my bed anymore. I can make my own bed. <laughs> the four and eight Giants are going to beat the Packers. Going with the G-Man over the Packers despite going the 7.2 bias plus score favoring the yes, Packers. Yes, sir. It might be the Johnny Walker talking. Could be, but you know, you know, 
DeVito is a bit of a, 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 a what do I want to say? A, a spectacle? A, a, a happening? He's a happening. Yes, he is. He's a he bit is. of a happening. He actually is. Yeah, I think people kid. expected him to fall on his face, and he hasn't done it. He got the entire city of New York doing like this. They're all giving the old yeah. thing going yeah. on. <laughs> and yeah. I heard he doesn't like, and I'm not sure was it whether it was ravioli or uh, one of the Italian dishes he doesn't like. But I guess he likes all the other ones. As long as he I likes, I think his mom yeah. makes him. He likes chicken cutlets. Is that what he likes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> nothing like the way mama makes them. Mama what's, makes them. what's this coming to that we're talking about? <laughs> hey, it's a Jersey kid. What can you say? You know what I'm saying? You know yeah. I'm, saying? I'm rooting for him. So okay, gotta root for him. The only thing I'll say about love is they're actually using phrases now with love like arm talent. So it's yeah. scary when they start talking about arm talent. Yeah. So this should be a good game also. And that's part of the Monday night doubleheader. Here's the other part of the Monday night doubleheader. Titans at Dolphins. Bias plus score 13.3 favors the Dolphins. Now the Dolphins is another team that people are like, they're, you know, you, you have to be amazed at what they're doing offensively. But you got to be a little concerned about what they're doing defensively. Right. That's probably the hope that the Titans have is that they can come in and maybe put some points up. Because uh, whether or not they can keep those guys under control offensively is a question mark. I mean, Tyreek Hill is just running by people and laughing on the way to the end zone. So um, there's my, my Niners East. Coming up against the Titans, 13.3 favoring the Dolphins. Who you got? <clears throat> well, this won't be a tough one for me. Uh, Tennessee's been playing hard, but they lost a heartbreaker to Indianapolis in overtime, 31-28. Will Levis threw the ball 33 times, which is a lot, and connected for one touchdown, which makes the 33 throws even more of a lot, if that is correct grammar. Um, but Derrick Henry actually looked like Derrick Henry in this game for a change. Yeah. He ran the ball 21 times, 102 yards, two touchdowns. A nice, dominant Derrick Henry game, something that we've been we've come to be uh, become uh, uh, used to. Unfortunately, they fumbled the ball four times. Two of those fumbles they actually lost to the other team. They got the ball first in overtime, but they were only able to kick a field goal, and they couldn't hold the Colts' offense from scoring a touchdown, and they ended up losing that game in overtime to the Colts. The Dolphins tallied 403 total yards of offense, 403, one interception, three sacks, Nine quarterback hits on their defense or for their defense. Tua hit the cheetah for two scores. Devon Achan is back from injury. He ran for two touchdowns. And Raheem Mostert ran for a touchdown, too. Man, these guys are strong on offense. 
Miami pretty much just smothered the commanders. Uh, they, they couldn't do anything. This is a pretty easy pick here. I'm going to take the Dolphins to beat the Titans. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here talking about the questionable defense. Yeah. As I'm looking at the stats over the last three weeks, Miami is actually second in opponents' points per game. Wow. Second behind New England, as a matter of fact. Wow. <laughs> Only allowing 13.7 points per game over the last three weeks. In any event, you're going with the Dolphins. Yes, sir. All right. That makes sense to me. And that wraps up <clears throat> the Bias Plus reports for NFL Week 14 of the 2023-24 season. And, Benny, what does that mean? We it's need a Bias Buster. For the Bias Plus Buster of the Week, those Arizona Cardinals. What? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. As soon as you said it's the Arizona Cardinals, I'm thinking we didn't talk about the Cardinals. That's because they're on the bye this week. Cardinals and Commanders are on the bye. They're the last two teams. This is the last week of buys. Congratulations, Arizona Cardinals. Congratulations. Tyler's back. So they're showing off a little bit. All righty, Benny. Well, unless you have more, I'm done. No, I'm trying to think. There was something. I can't remember what the heck it was. Oh, let me say this real quick because this is just on the top of my head. If them damn Steelers get Mike Tomlin fired, I'm going to be pissed. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the upper management is going to be loyal to Tom, and they realize that this team is really in disarray right now. And I believe that they trust him to be able to rein this thing back in. But but that mess I saw last night against the Patriots, that, that can't be. They have weapons. They have weapons at running back. They have weapons at wide receiver. They have a Damn good tight end. There's no excuse for them being outgained week after week after week. Win, lose, or draw. Something's got to change there in Pittsburgh. Well, if anything will get Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> if anything will get uh, Steelers coach fired, it's these bum ASS backups that he seems to believe in. Why he believes in Mitchell Trubisky, and I don't even remember the other guy's name. I have no clue. I mean, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. I mean, you're 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 a, a Super Bowl winning, Hall of Fame level coach, and you can't come up with better backups than that. Oh, come crazy, on. isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing. Let me just throw this out before we before we go, and I will actually share this because this is on our. On our Facebook page, I haven't heard much of any of this in the news, Benny, about an ex-employee of the Jaguars stealing $22 million from what? <laughs> Apparently, he had a virtual credit card that did not require a real credit card for him to use. Wait, wait, wait. This is a front office dude? Ex-front office guy. Okay. Who had access... And they said he 
he was getting luxury condos and cars and living the life what? with his money. Twenty, you can but you can do a lot with twenty-two million now. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can get it going. And again, have you heard it on the news anywhere? Nope. So come to Ben and Barry on football. If you haven't heard any place else, you'll probably hear it here. That's what. That's sure. crazy. <laughs> That's on our Facebook page. So damn. Yeah, 22 mil. Mm, man, I'm telling you. That's crazy. All right, that wraps it up. Ben and Barry on football, www.benandbarryonfootball.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, threads. We ain't doing Twitter. Nix that. And uh, You mean X? And YouTube. Yeah, Nix X. That guy, man. <laughs> but, um... <sighs> Uh oh yeah, check the notification bell and 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 check the like button for YouTube. All right, all right, all right, over and out. <laughs>